Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, I'm just going to say in the words of the legendary Rick Ross, when you're a corn husker, you're a corn husker. <laughs> Welcome to the forum, the show where we learn more about Husker Nation one fan at a time by asking the same four questions. I'm your host, Honky, and tonight our guest is the official mom of Husker Twitter. Yes, the N does stand for knowledge, as we saw there in the video, and uh, there is nothing else to do in the entire state. You can find her on Twitter at Elias10, E-L-I-A-S-H-1-0. Welcome to the forum, Redcast Sarah. Hi. How are you doing? Very good, good. to see you. You know, if people ask me why would I, you know, why, why would I invite Sarah on? I think this tweet is a perfect start to it. And uh, this is from the other day. She goes, hello, my name is Sarah, and I am in love with Nebraska Cornersker football. So welcome, Sarah. Why are you in love with Nebraska football? Um, well, in the words of the great Lady Gaga, I was born this way. I, <laughs> my, my, I mean, I was a kid born in Nebraska in the 80s, like, it was great. Um, and then my parents are Husker fans, my grandparents was a big part of growing up so it's oh, in the, think, it's in the dna <laughs> oh i think that uh i think you've got question one answered already I know, but, right? <laughs> uh, before we get to question one let, let me go over a couple of the upcoming shows that we have uh we do have uh another fan forum next monday adam Carricker will be on throwing the bones april 3rd at 2 p.m and the following week this got moved back a week from uh, from some of our previous shows where we've talked about it, but it's going to be Wednesday, April 12th at 8 p.m. We'll have Brandon Cavanaugh, Husker college football analyst with Athlon Sports. And last but not least, the uh, the Redcast store here. Use the QR code there. I'll even take the, uh, the little graphic off on top of it. You can use the QR code. It's in our description on Twitter. Uh, so you can go there, get shirts, get hats, get sweatshirts, all that good stuff, koozies, uh, that's all made by the good folks at Smack and Smooch. All right. Well, let's get to the form. And what is the form? It's it's the same four questions every week. Why are you a Husker fan? What is your favorite Husker fan memory? Who are your all-time favorite Huskers? And how do you think the Huskers will do next year? And Sarah, I think you're already starting to answer this question. And, and we're just going to get right into it. Is question one, why are you a Husker fan? Yeah, like I said, it was ingrained in my DNA. I and I just see somebody asked if I cheer for Nebraska for all sports. This is a little known fact, but yeah, I am not a multi-team person. I'm definitely all all Husker. Um, I grew up this way. My parents, like I said, were, were fans. Um, Saturdays used to be used to revolve around the whole family getting together and watching Husker games, or even before that, listening to some because they were, they didn't used to all be on TV, kids. We used to have to listen to some of them. Um, and then, yeah, basketball, football, volleyball. It's just always been part of who I am, and I don't ever foresee that changing. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you mentioned that uh, 
that we used to be on the radio. I think you grew up in the same era that I did. So what maybe are some of those formative years of Husker football for you? Some of those earliest years, the early memories of, sure. uh, of watching it. I don't like remember which specific game it was, but I, there was one game and it was when Trev Alberts was still playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember being at, it was like a very close game. And I, like, this is so silly now that I'm a grown up, but like sitting in the basement praying that the Huskers could pull it off because, and that's just, I don't know why that's so ingrained in my memory still, like how passionate, I mean, I'm still fairly passionate. I don't usually pray over Husker games anymore. <laughs> but when I was like seven or eight, I very much, very much was, my heart and soul was for Husker, for Husker sports and wanting them to win. And they lost so infrequently back then that it when any even when a game was close, it felt extreme if that makes sense so mm-hmm. yeah so I don't I don't know I have a lot of memories obviously there was the 90s and that's just it's it's hard to pinpoint one but like the, the one that I very specifically remember I was probably seven eight or nine and I just remember being like Trev Alberts just sack the quarterback please God let him sack him like I very it's embarrassing <laughs> well I, one of my favorite memories of that era is Trev Alberts getting three sacks on the quarterback against Charlie Ward in the uh, the Orange Bowl against Florida yes. State in in a loss in a in a very rough loss, but three sacks with a bum arm and uh, that was a great era of football. And no, if you're saying Trev Alberts, you're already talking about a the start of a very great era of Husker football. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned you're a Husker fan of everything, and I know you are. We've had discussions in the past and <laughs> basketball, baseball, volleyball, you know, all of it, softball. And so, you know, when you hear <laughs> you live out there in the in the metro area, when you hear like gangsters, people that can be a little bit of each. I mean, that is it. It's not that not that I dislike them. I just it's hard for me to understand how that can work. Like I I couldn't see myself not rooting for Nebraska in every sport. Right. That's me. Yeah, you're gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> um, I I don't have an issue with people that cheer for two different teams. It's whatever. The thing that always I don't understand is if you're a Husker fan for football, but then mm-hmm. during basketball season, you completely go on board with any other team. Cause there's Jayskers, there's Jayskers that are Kansas Jayhawk Husker fans. There's Ooh. various different, different or various types of skurs that have some other prefix. Um, but then you're talking crap about Nebraska, which is the team that you have a closet full of clothes for. Or you have your Husker sticker on the back of your car, but you're like, oh, those dumb Nebraska fans. Like, <laughs> I don't understand that at all. I never will. I, you want to, I have two baseball teams for mm. MLB, so I don't have an issue with cheering for two teams. It's the disparaging the lesser team because the other team you cheer for is, as well is better. Mm. So that's, that's my differentiation. You know, Dave on our show, he uh, he grew up, you know, he's a, he's a Husker basketball fan, but he grew up a, a UNC fan, North Carolina yeah. fan, because he basically, as he said, he goes, I love baseball or I love basketball and I want to watch March Madness and have a team. And exactly. so ever since he was a little kid, he really got into it. And I asked him, <laughs> it was kind of funny. I asked him, uh, so if Nebraska played North Carolina in, in March Madness, you know, and they're in the final eight or something, who would you go for? And after the laughter, because <laughs> and I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, Nebraska probably isn't going to be there anytime Maybe soon. Someday. But yeah, but um, you know, it, it, that is it's interesting, and and I get it. I mean, there's other teams that I can find myself rooting for. Right. I I actually don't 
dislike Creighton. I, I know that can be, depending on who I talk to, I can get the, the evil look there, but um, it's not that I was rooting for them either. I just, I was fine if they did well right. when they didn't. What was weird is we had some people responding saying, if you, if, if you don't root for Creighton, you know, you're, you're not helping the cause. And I'm like, well, what cause? Cause right. they're, they're recruiting players that are hopefully coming Absolutely, here. Yeah. You know, so I want them to come here. I don't want them to go to Creighton. Exactly. Creighton's beaten um, us a bunch and they've been better. So I want us to be better yeah. than them. Well, like I told somebody on Twitter, just because they're in the same state as that I live in and even in the same city, like I can obviously get to Creighton's campus faster than I can get to Memorial Stadium or to Pinnacle Bank. But just because they're in the same city as me doesn't mean that I won't treat them the same as I treat any rival team. Sure. Um, and like if Iowa was playing in the final or in the lead eight, I would have been just as trolly about them losing <laughs> like I was about Creighton losing. It's not, I don't understand the people that, like you said, that think that we should give special circumstances to Creighton because they're in the same state as us. You don't yeah. see, mo- not everybody, but most of all, or most people don't, you don't see most Wolverines fans excited for Michigan State doing well, or you don't see, Florida State fans cheering for Miami. Like, that's just, mm-hmm. that's weird. Yeah. Dave's a big UNC fan, and UNC is really close to Duke. And I can yeah. promise you, he's not a Duke fan. Yeah. And, they, yeah. They, they don't care if Duke does well. They're not happy for Duke if Duke does well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, my wife and I went down to, to Auburn one time. We went to Toomer's Corner, the, where they throw the, the toilet paper in the oh, tree, yeah. and, and Alabama fans killed the tree. That's how much, that's how well they get along there. Right. So it's okay for rivalries to not be friendly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I hope Creighton and Nebraska never get to be that kind of, that kind of heated where we're, we're killing right. each other's trees. But um, at the very least, it, it's okay to have a little bit of a little bit of dislike for the, the other team there. And, the best thing we can do is keep winning and uh, 63 to 53 this year. That was a good year. Good that was game. a great year. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as the, the, back to that question of, of uh, yeah, I like how you said, you know, you, you, you pray in the basement and you did something different <laughs> this year when we played Iowa, one of our other rivals and we played them in football. I was in, uh, at my sister's house in Columbus, it's black Friday. And at the end of that game, as it was getting close and you know, the nerves are going crazy and, and Iowa's was coming back. I just got in the car. I couldn't watch it on TV. I got in the car. I listened to to Greg Sharp and 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 uh, and Damon Benning, and I just drove to the Walmart in Columbus and sat in the, in the oh parking lot, <laughs> and I just listened for like ten minutes, and then we won, and I drove back, and we were we That's were all happy funny at that because point. the first Iowa basketball game, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to watch the beginning of it, and then I started to watch it, and I think they were kind of Nebraska was struggling. And I went and sat in my car in the garage because my son was like, you're the bad luck. You have to go. up." <laughs> so maybe yeah. there's something about us sitting in our cars during Iowa games. Yeah. You know, if, if that's what it takes, if I need to sit in the, the Walmart parking lot next year during the Iowa game, I guess I'll be at it. But uh, two years from now, then, uh, leave, I'll do it. Yeah. I mean, if I have to leave, I will leave the game and go to the, the Walmart parking lot if that's what it takes. If, if it's, it's only on weird me. if it doesn't work. <laughs> Absolutely. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, let's go to question number two then. What is your favorite Husker fan memory? All right, this one I it's hard. Um, I've narrowed it down to like maybe three. Okay. Um, I'll start with the oldest and the most obvious one. Um, in 1994, when we won the national championship after the Orange Bowl, it was kind of chaotic. Like nobody really knew what to do, but we all knew that we wanted to go celebrate because um, we had been watching it at my mom and dad's house with my aunts and uncles. So we all just like piled in all of our cars and took off towards Crossroads Mall in Omaha, which is like mm-hmm. 72nd and Dodge. Um, along the way, we stopped. And I don't even remember which radio station it was. Probably one of the ones that's been around forever. Probably. Um, but we stopped outside of the radio station. We could see they were broadcasting in there. So my cousin and my sister and I got out and were like on the radio. And we were little. <laughs> so we were like, go Big Red. But And I remember that. And then we went to Crossroads Mall. And we were just driving, this is so dangerous, driving down Dodge Street. People were standing on the medians and we were like high-fiving <laughs> in our cars, passing people in the medians. And there was a guy like playing the fight song on his accordion. There was a guy with a trumpet. It was just like such pure, spontaneous, organic celebration. I'll never forget that. And 95 and 97 were still the same thing. We still went to the same place, but that was the first time it was like, nobody knew what to do. Mm-hmm. We just knew we wanted to party. I mean, I was not old enough to party party, but we knew we wanted to be together and it was just so wild. It was so fun. Mm-hmm. So that will always, and I hope my kids get to experience something like that at some point in their lives. Cause it was really cool. Um, and obviously stuck with me. So then I'm going to go chronologically backwards. So the next one <laughs> would be the Hail Mary that Jordan Wester camp caught. I think that was 2013 against Northwestern. Um, it was just, the whole game was super tight. It looked like towards the end when Northwestern was driving, the guy behind me in the, at the stadium was like, they just need to let him score. They're taking up too much time. And he was, they're never going to win once they, yeah, it was a whole thing. And then the Hail Mary happened. The whole stadium went nuts. I turned around and like smacked the guy behind me. <laughs> I didn't know him. We became really good friends after that because we had never really talked. But every every game after that, we were good friends. I like <laughs> smacked the guy behind me on the chest. I looked for my husband Adam, who had been next to me in like row twenty four. He was down in like row sixteen, hugging people. Um, the guy who was like, "They're not gonna win." I was like, "You said they couldn't win." It was just chaos. And my sister was a student at Lincoln at the time, and we were supposed to meet up with her for dinner after the game. So she texted us because she had left um, thinking the game was over. Like she had left her apartment and was walking to where we were meeting. And she was like, where are you guys at? I'm like, oh, nobody wants to leave the stadium. She's like, why? Like she had no idea. (laughs) She hadn't heard anything. She had no idea. So we got to tell her. So that was just a really fun, I'll never forget that moment either. And I still to this day love going back and watching like the YouTube like of mm-hmm. the fans, the fan angles from those. I didn't record anything, but it's fun to relive that moment, seeing other fans' perspectives. 
And then I have one more. Go for it. Go for I'm it. I'm limiting myself because I could go on all day because, like I said, this is literally Huskers sports and baseball in general are like my passions. So I could go on all night. But mm-hmm. um, just this year, so my oldest son has always kind of been indifferent to basketball. Like he'll watch it if it's on, but he's never really gotten excited about it. My husband doesn't like basketball. So I usually end up watching by myself. But um, for my dad's birthday, I took my dad and my oldest son to the Nebraska-Wisconsin game a couple, I guess it was over a month ago now. Um, but that was just a really exciting game. And my hus- my son just fell in love with Nebraska basketball at that point. Um, he's like, I want a Tomanaga jersey. He just completely fell in love. And that was just a really cool experience to share with my dad, who made me love sports, and my son, who's never really – bought into the basketball part of fandom. And now he's like watching basketball all the time. He had, we went to Dave and Buster's a couple weeks ago and he had this prize mm-hmm. and he bought like a little door basketball hoop. He's like, can we get a basketball hoop in the driveway? I'm like, let's, let's give it more than a month. If you still like basketball in the fall, we'll talk about it. So mm-hmm. it's just been really cool to like, I got to be there to watch him fall in love with the sport and with Nebraska basketball. Mm-hmm. It was really, a fun, it was a really a fun moment. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I go ahead. No, no, I I was gonna say I, I I gave Dave a little bit of grief earlier about uh, you know being a UNC fan, but he said something before that that I think is a lot of truth, and this is with football; it applies to any sport. That your fandom can really start from like these big shared experiences oh, that yeah. we have as a fan base, and what you mentioned in Omaha there on after the '94 game. I mean, that's that's awesome, and I've yeah. heard stories similar to that. Uh, everyone remembers where they were when that happened. Um, I think that basketball game, Wisconsin there, to come back from 17 down oh gosh, and really, yeah. really start a, a, a series of victories that, you know, there was a lot of moment, momentum built from that to be there, to be at oh, the yeah. game, to be around other fans when that was happening. Um, that's a really, that's a, that's a impressionable kind of game for someone that's young and maybe one that, you know, 10 years from now he'll be talking about as he's, you know, taking his kids to a, to when he's a on the fan forum game. in 10 years. <laughs> yes, exactly. When he's on, when he's on the fan forum and, and talking about basketball, he'll he'll look back to that game. And I think that those are moments that are important. Um, yeah. I was going to mention that Hail Mary game. I don't leave football games, or I oh. traditionally don't leave them. This game, that game, I wasn't even supposed to go to. And a buddy of mine said, Hey, I've got a free ticket. And I'm like, I I can't go. I, I have to be gone in like by the second half, I'd have to leave. Right. He's like, Well, just take it. It's free. Just come with me. So I was like, all right, good. I'll go at the end. I it's the I go to the game with him for the first half. We are sitting in the south end zone, about twenty rows up. Yeah, and it's a great game. And I'm like, oh, geez, I I don't want to leave, but I, right. I've got to go. I've got this thing I've got to do. And I and I I drive away for the second half, and I'm watching that Hail Mary, and it is literally it would have happened. Oh no! Thirty feet in front of us, and that's oh the game. I, I knew I was having to leave early, and I left early right in the middle of it. So yeah, oh, that's it's my like Nebraska won their baseball game. Cool. Oh, cool! Yeah, congrats to men's baseball on their 400th win at Haymarket Park. Outstanding! And and there's a there's our man of the hour there, uh, Rob, on the uh, working in the behind the scenes. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, the, and by the way, the, also the I've heard great stories about the uh, the 72nd and Dodge oh Street in Lincoln. You know, we went down to O Street in '95, yeah. but then in '97. Um, I was in my fraternity house and we, we just took off down to Memorial stadium and there's about 2000 of us. And we just oh my got onto the field. And I mean, we didn't do anything once you got right. there, you just stood there and you're like, yeah, yeah. We're- that was awesome. In 97, we went to 
the same place again. And it was even more ruckus because that whole campaign up to the championship game was crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were people with signs that were like, anytime, anywhere, like we want Michigan. And then I remember um, we went back home and my dad went to bed. Mm-hmm. He said was old. He went to bed, and when they announced that Nebraska got the coaches full, we all started screaming downstairs. And I ran up to tell him, and he was asleep. And I said, "Dad, we got." And he just goes from bed, and then he went back to sleep. Like he was just like <laughs> cool, and then he went back to sleep. Yes. Awesome. Um, now I can sleep for sure. <laughs> this is a, a, a weird side ando because I'm not a Chiefs fan or anything. I don't. I don't know if you are or not, but I. We happened to be in Kansas City when they won the Super Bowl that night. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was taking uh, my son and wife. We were down there that weekend of the, the Wisconsin game. I was, <laughs> we were at Great Wolf Lodge. So I'm watching great, you know, the Wisconsin come back there. But we're at Great Wolf Lodge for the uh, the Super Bowl and we watch it there. The game gets done and, you know, they're ready to go to bed. And I'm like, I just, I can't go to bed. I'm like yeah. in the city that just won right. the, the championship. So I get in the car and I start driving to Arrowhead. And I'm listening to the radio, their their local radio, and it just gave me goosebumps. And again, I'm not a Chiefs fan, but I'm it gave me goosebumps it, listening to you talk about yeah, it. It gave me goosebumps of memories of what it was like listening to yeah. Ken Pavelka and you know and Gary Salmeyer and those the local guys or, or Dave Weber on TV and he yes, was holding an orange up and, and his orange. <laughs> oh, it was just it was great stuff. And and then of course I drove to Arrowhead and there was nothing going on there. It was just oh. Dark, it was dark. It was kind of in the middle go, of nothing. Yeah, you had to go back. I drove back downtown. I I didn't get out, but I just kind of drove by the power light area, and you could see yes. people going nuts. And it, I mean, it felt like it, it transported me back twenty five years to those yeah. exact moments. Those people were going through the joy that that I went through then, and then that obviously I think we all hope that we're going to be going through again soon. Very soon. <laughs> well, let's get to question number three, and if we're going to get back to that point. We need some great players. Well, who are some of your yes. all-time great players? Great well, like I told you earlier, I have been stressing about this question <laughs> for days. It always – and I'm a mom. I can't just pick one favorite. I love all of my babies. <laughs> um, gosh, it's so hard. I'm going to for sure say Tomonaga just because if any, if everybody in the world could find somebody that loves them as much as he loves playing basketball, the world would be the best – like it, the world would be healed. His passion is just so pure. It's so fun to watch him. He's the reason, a huge part of the reason that my son has fallen in love with Nebraska basketball this year. He's just such a fun person to watch. So I'm going to go with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's always the the 90s classics, the Peters brothers, uh, Grant Wistrom. Gosh, I don't know. It's so hard. And then I always had a, like a special spot in my heart for Kenny Bell. I don't know what it is about him, but he was just fun to watch play. And there's that Wisconsin block, which was 100% mm-hmm. legal. So I'm not about <laughs> that. Um, my sister actually even had a cat named Kenny Bell for a while. So, mm-hmm. um, gosh, I don't know. I I don't like this question. I wish I was better at it. Well, here, it's let so me hard. let me help you out with this question. You mentioned the Peters and, and Wistrom. They played at a, at a time when, you know, in 97, we, we split the championship with Michigan. You've got a tweet here. <laughs> and, uh, my face when someone says 97 Michigan was better than Nebraska. And I love this, this kind of meme or whatever we call this on, on Twitter, where this photo of, uh, of coach rule, just giving a, the stink eye to somebody, but um, yeah, Michigan, 97, Nebraska, 97. I think Nebraska takes it right. Oh, a hundred percent. Like as far as like, they barely beat Eric 
or oh my gosh, wasn't it Ryan Leaf? They I just saw my cousin's comment. That's what threw me off with the Eric thing. <laughs> um, they barely beat Ryan Leaf. Like we, Nebraska made Peyton Manning look like an average quarterback that night, and he's obviously like one of the greatest quarterbacks on all levels ever. Mm-hmm. So there's just, and then you look at the way the whole season played out. Um, yeah, there's there's no doubt in my mind if they would have played if they if they Big Ten didn't have their affinity for the Rose Bowl. There you go. Could have gotten a true championship, and there is without a doubt in my mind it would have ended up with the good guys, the good guys in charge. And yes, my cousin pointed out I did have a slightly unhealthy obsession with Eric Crouch in the early 2000s. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my gosh, I, just, I even had like a little picture frame that I put his face in in my dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> That's embarrassing. I forgot about all of this. Yes. Well, the good the good news is that it's just out there for everyone to hear and see on yeah. YouTube forever now. So don't, now the whole don't... World knows. <laughs> Hello, Eric Crouch, if you're watching. <laughs> you know, one of the things I've enjoyed talking with you and 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 doing things with you over the over the years on Twitter is that um you have a, a very good like sense on like what kind of triggers Husker Twitter or what you know triggers other fan bases too and also we talk about some of the misconceptions this tweet here two uh quickest ways to trigger husker twitter call grand iron grand island western nebraska and for redcast uh amy uh who grew up in in uh hemingford yeah like grew up in the panhandle like that used to drive her nuts if someone said we're in western nebraska and they're out by carney it just she'd pull her hair out and then act like you don't know that Joe Burrow wanted to play at Nebraska. Like that, that one cracks me up. Now, there's some other ones too. And, and what are some of the other ones? Like nothing to do in the state. Yeah. That's always, that always gets some people's attention. Um, in is for knowledge. Yeah, what, what was oh, I just think talking about hoodies. Hoodies. Oh, yeah. like those. Um, Gosh, you put me on the spot with this. We one. haven't won an NCAA game in basketball. Did you know that? I did not know that. I I'm always really surprised when people remind me that Nebraska basketball hasn't been good, and also that Nebraska football hasn't had a bowl game in a long time. I wasn't aware of any of those things. I've brand new information, <laughs> and then I always like to reply that, well, imagine losing to a team that hasn't gone to a bowl game in many years. Like that's even worse. That's got to be really embarrassing. Yeah, I mean. Not what couldn't happen to me. <laughs> I, I love the the fan bases that love to talk about how much we like, you know, talking about our history. And then uh, and then they don't like talking about history so much if, if we do beat them. Exactly. Uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, it's just the last 10 years. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a very selective history it's at that point. Mm-hmm. Another thing, and this is an interesting one. And uh, Jim in Minnesota tweeted this out <laughs> and you talked about this. I thought this was great because this is a great misconception that I love to, to d- defeat any time. But um, <laughs> you said your tax dollars hard at work. And it was about the, the highest generating programs in the country and it uh, profit wise. And, and Nebraska is still right up there. It's sixth, I think, yeah. on this list. And that's actually not even including $30 million of ta- seat tax money right. that's going to... Um, I think that's going to like the uh, the uh, university foundation. They said in the article. Right. So really, I mean, Nebraska is one of the most profitable programs still, but uh, the only Big Ten school uh, whose athletic department carries no debt. The sixth yeah. in the country with sixty-two million in profit, uh, number ten in the nation in NIL. I mean, there's some great things going on yeah. at Nebraska right now, despite the wins. I mean, what's it going to be like when we get some wins going? Oh my gosh! Can you imagine just even like going to games last year? Um, even after the game that ended the era of our previous head coach, 
um, there was still like a buzz. There's always, even knowing that we had just fired our head coach, we had an interim coach, like even like the Oklahoma game, knowing that Oklahoma was in a better situation because we had like a, we're a week off from firing Scott Frost. And there was still a buzz around the stadium. People still were tailgating, like fans were still there. It was yep. still sold out. Um, once it takes off, there's not going to be any stopping. Like if we're able, and we, I just to clarify, we do not use any tax dollars at Nebraska. The mm -hmm. athletic department actually puts a lot more money into the university. They don't take money from the university. Um, or even just, um, there's just always a buzz and it's just going to get better. The more people, the more when the winds, when the winds follow the fan passion and the fans are finally rewarded for, it feels like forever, but it's really only been a few really, really bad years. Once the winds start falling in place, it's going to be, the buzz will be palpable as they say. Mm -hmm. um, and even just like with basketball, just the end of this year, after that Wisconsin game, you could just feel the buzz around that. So we went to the Wisconsin game and then the Maryland game was shortly after that. And we bought tickets because we're like, we want to go back. That was really fun. And even just that game, the, it just felt so much more energized after one big win. I think there was, yeah. So it's just once Nebraska fans are so rabid that we're like foaming at the mouth. Once we get those wins that make it worth all of our excitement and passion, Mm -hmm. It's going to, and that, yeah, it's going to be insane. Yeah. The, the thing that this, these programs, specifically these men's programs of football and basketball, uh, the things that they've really been missing the last five, six years, I'll go first with the obvious, the wins, right? right. But the second more, even more than just the wins, it's, it's the momentum. They've always, right. there's been momentum that's been stopped through, through losses. Through, yourself in the foot, yeah. Yeah, through lightning bolts, uh, you know, with the acronym. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that, have, that have happened. But you brought up even like that Oklahoma game this year. And I had Brett Ciancia. He was in town with Pick 6 Previews. And he went to the game on the sideline. He, he got press passes. But the day before, got him in there with uh, Tyler Kai. He gave a, gave us a tour, gave Rob yeah. and I and and Brett and his fiancée a tour. And, and Brett just, oh, my God, he just loved it, right? And then yeah. he gets to the game. And that, how that first quarter after we scored the touchdown, we were ahead. And yeah. he was just like, this is as good. He's gone to games all across the country. He's like, the environment was insane. And then yeah. for all those people that love to have selective memory and, and tell Husker fans, you know, how dumb we are because we're always, you know, predicting victories. I like to tell them, go back and watch the pregame of that yeah. Oklahoma-Nebraska game. And even after an, a one and two start and firing our coach, two of the four Fox guys on the set, Urban yeah. Meyer and – uh, Reggie Bush both picked Nebraska to win the game leading up to it. Uh, you know, for all of us that have, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid, there is uh, Kirk Herbstreit before the season, yeah. before the Northwestern game saying, yep, Nebraska is going to win the West. So yeah. it's not just Nebraska. It's not just Rob drinking Kool-Aid. There are right. people outside of these borders too, that, uh, that uh, I guess get sucked in by, by some of the good vibes. Yeah. And, you know, we're hearing some good vibes now too. So yeah, I know. I think a lot of even like national pundits realize how close this is gonna make me sound like a crazy Kool-Aid drinker, but how <laughs> close Nebraska is. And it it's felt that way for the last couple of years. Like there's, like you said, they just got to stop shooting themselves in the foot, losing the momentum. So I think people read that and see, and that's part of what gives me so much hope. If other people outside of Lincoln and Omaha and Western Nebraska can <laughs> see that it's clearly there, there's something there. It's not just us. Like you said, there's obviously something to this. Yes. 
Yeah, um, everyone west of Retina can tell that there is <laughs> there's something good here. Well, let's get, west. let's get to it. How do you think the Huskers are going to do this year? Question number four. And we're kind of already starting to allude to that, but a lot of changes going on. Yeah. We, we know what needs to get fixed. Uh, we're in spring practice right now. So some the, the, today was the first uh, padded practice. So as you're kind of seeing this, reading this, going, you know, following people on Twitter, what are your thoughts going into next season? Well, I always start off thinking that, like, I buy all the hype videos. Every single video, I'm, like, ready to run through a wall. Um, I would, I, I think they can win every single game. I, I wouldn't be a fanatic if I didn't think Nebraska could win every single game on their schedule. Um, if you want me to be logical about it, that gets a little more tricky because my <laughs> fan brain gets mixed in there with my logical brain. Um, I think if we can go to Minnesota, um, I just saw actually before I logged on, they just announced that that first game against Nebraska is going to be a gold out. Big mistake. So, yeah, like you're going to make our red pretty dang obvious. I plan on being there. Adam and I are hoping to take our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, our oldest has been doing a away game, but the other two haven't. So that should be most of their first, most of their first away game. Um, so yeah, I saw that. I maybe even more excited. Like that was a really interesting decision because <laughs> we're going to show up. Like mm-hmm. you just did something to make it even more obvious that we're there. So I think if we can win that game and then build momentum into is the ne- next game's Colorado, right? At Colorado, yep. Oh, it's been a hectic day, so I don't have my my notes with me. Um, and I know there's a lot of hype around Colorado right now. Um, I think I have to be careful what I say because Colorado fans are always watching. No, <laughs> I, I think that Deion Sanders has the potential to be a great head coach there. I do. Um, I don't necessarily understand where all the hype for them is coming from this year because as great as he did at Jackson state, he's never coached a power five down. Um, his son mm-hmm. as great of a quarterback as he is, has never played in the pot. Like, so I, if, and again, it's, there's going to be a lot of red there. Like there's, if mm-hmm. there's any stadium we turn over, we take over it's Northwestern and it's Folsom filled. Um, I got to plug in my laptop real quick. Sorry. I just noticed the red light. Oh no. So I think if we can get those two road wins and get a lot of momentum going in, um, I don't see – I think a bowl game is – I for sure think a bowl game is going to happen Hmm. um, with my logical side of my brain. Um, And I feel like that doesn't sound like much, but compared to where we have been, that would be a huge improvement, a huge step forward. I like what you're saying here, and you're actually giving me a thought here that I might incorporate into future shows and future discussions about this is that, you know, we talk about people being left brain, right brain or whatever, but let's just say logical brained and, and, uh, and fanatic brain, you know, let's talk expectations for a second. What is, what is an expectation you have in year one, a year one expectation on the logical side of the brain and then on, on the fanatic side, what, what would you say would be those, those, uh, different expectations? Well, my fanatic side, national championship, like I expect (laughs) nothing but the best. Like we're good. Pastor Rule has got me convinced he's got it all under control. Um, But my logical side of the brain, if, if Nebraska were to get to a bowl game, as insignificant as it sounds compared to the sky's the limit national championship, um, from where we've been, a bowl game would be huge. 
um, you get those extra practices, which we definitely would have benefit, benefited from the last several years. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's my expectation. But I also, that's my logical expectation, but also knowing sure. that I expect that, I'll still be bummed with every game that we lose. Like it still breaks my heart every single time they lose a game because I always go into, I walk in that, um, I walk into the stadium every Saturday that there's a home game thinking that we're going to win. Like I just, that's always my expectation. And that's because I'm a little bit crazy. And I lived through an era where every game they did win. And my brain hasn't caught up with that yet, that it's not still there. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I would be very happy with a bowl, with a bowls game, which sounds let's hang a banner, but mm -hmm. I, I think that would be a great start to build momentum. Like we were talking about, if you can, if you can get those wins, get that bowl game, get the extra practices that builds momentum for next year, that helps recruiting. I can't, I am so impressed with the recruiting that has happened so far at Nebraska. Can you imagine the recruiting if like, any of our players ever got to go to a bowl game? Like, like there are people that are selling Nebraska who have never been to a bowl game and still love being at Nebraska. Mm. What would it be like if they got that added experience? So I, I think for year one, if we can win six games and extend our season a little bit, I would count that as a successful start. And I know Husker fans are not known for being very patient, but we should be used to this by now. Like we've, we've done the restart thing multiple times. Rome wasn't built in a day. So hopefully the logical brains will win out a little bit more than the fanatic ones. Yeah. Well, I like to remind people that some very great coaches that did outstanding jobs at yeah. their respective places started off just getting to a bowl game. Yeah. Nick Saban at Alabama goes six and six in year one, losing to Louisiana Monroe late in the season. Yeah. Even. Uh, you know, you have, you have Pete Carroll at USC in his first couple of years, they were six, seven wins as they kind of got it going. Bob yeah. Stoops didn't come into Oklahoma and turn it around in, in one year. He did in two years. In the second year, they won the title. But the, the I can wait two year, years. <laughs> yeah, but the first year, they went, you know, seven and six, right. I think it was seven and five. So, you know, there, there is that transition year. And I think it's very, I think it's very logical to think six wins, seven wins, get to a bowl game in yeah. year one. If there's anything better than that, I mean, that's, my goodness, you give them the, the coach of the year award oh, for that. But um, but I like what you said about, you know, every time you go into a game that you think you're going to win. And I, there's only a few times in my life at Nebraska where I've gone into a game and really didn't feel we were going to win. And quite honestly, those are the years that when someone says it's been so bad at Nebraska, like there's no difference between last year or two years ago and, and you know, the Riley era or what, whatever. No, I mean, there were times when we played Oklahoma or oh. Ohio State in yeah, 2017. I, when yep. I went to that game, I was like, we're not going to we're not going to cool. stay within four touchdowns yeah. of them. I didn't go to that game. I watched it at home, but I remember we had friends over and I just remember watching Nebraska do the tunnel walk and they look, they look like they'd already lost. Like yeah. it, they, they didn't look like they believed that they could win. And that was the moment for me. That was like, we've lost the, like not the game. We've lost the whole, the whole horse is gone. Like you've lost the team, right? I mean, yeah, there's but, nothing you know, that's happening here. But when we were three and three, a couple of years ago, coming off the big Northwestern yeah. win and Michigan, the team that's going to eventually play in the college, you know, playoff that year when they came in there, I absolutely oh, truly yeah. believe going in that we're yeah. going to win the game that, oh, yeah. you know, and it came down to, to like so many different times during that era, a final minute, a final, you know, a couple of plays, they didn't go our way. Um, credit to the other team. I think, you know, some lack of discipline at times came back to always bite us. And those are the things that, 
that's what I really want to see getting addressed right now in spring ball. Right. Is the physicality of the team, which you you hear so much about that right now. I mean, I, I'm right. just, I'm loving every, everything I'm hearing there. And then it's the discipline. And, and you think of any team, think of John Cook in volleyball. Yeah. That's a discipline. Oh my gosh. Team. Yeah. I mean, it's very rarely when they beat themselves. Um, and that's the thing that, you know, in football, unfortunately too many times over the last four or five years, we beat ourselves. Let's stop doing that. And I think if we do yeah. that, we've got the players. We, we you know, th- this can be, this doesn't have to be a long runway build. This can no. be something that can happen fairly quick. Well, and that's what, um, when rule was hired, I remember people talking about his first couple of years records at temple and at Baylor mm-hmm. were not great, but I, I feel, I really do feel like he is starting off at Nebraska with a lot more tools in his tool chest than he had when he started those places. I, I would be very disappointed with the one or two win season. Like I, yes. I think that our team last year, what it four, oh, four wins. Our okay. team last year was better than a four win team. Sure. Um, and I really feel like he has more to start with. I think he's a great coach. Obviously he can build teams. Um, and I think he has more to start with than at the other places. So I'm not worried about a huge down year. Um, I think that he'll, he'll start, he'll get, thank you, Matt. I think he'll hit the ground running. And I, I really do think that a bowl game would be like the, I, that would be the bare minimum. Not that I'm not going to be a fan or not be excited, even whatever. I'll be happy for every win. I've also learned over the last several years that I never take any win for granted anymore. I don't care if we beat the worst team in the world by one point. I'm going to be just as excited as if we were to beat Michigan for the Big Ten Championship. Like, everyone used to feel like a given, and they're just not anymore mm-hmm. right now. They will be someday. Yeah, I, I, was in, I was in college from 95 to, to 2000. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, that was when we had the the 46-47 game home win yeah. streak that, that got beat by a uh, – ended by Texas in 98, uh, Halloween Day. Uh, the Husker fans get up and clap as as Ricky Williams yeah. and, and team come off the field. Um, you know, you you talked there about uh, what Coach Rule, you know, the experience that he had. That this is a better situation for him than certainly he had when he went to Temple. The think of the facilities and everything oh that the the hundred plus players he has. Then you think of what was he took over at Baylor, where there was just an institutional collapse. I mean, yeah. they were one of the the closest programs to ever going under uh, the death penalty since SMU back in the eighties, you know, you could throw Penn state out there. Baylor would have been, there was only a handful of them that probably warranted it. And there, that was one of them. He was down to 40 some scholarships. And so I think they uh, had like one recruit when he first walked in the door or something like that. mm -hmm. And the one that stayed ended up becoming uh, all conference, all American player for him. So Yeah. uh, yeah. You know, so for, we have an example of a coach that's done it before. And and to go back to what you talked about with Dion a little bit earlier, not that Dion isn't a good coach, no. not that Dion couldn't be a great coach at CU, but everything that he's doing is going up a level that he hasn't done before. Right. The players that he's bringing with him from Jackson, uh, not that they're not good players, but those right. guys are all going to have to, they're all going to have to do that right away right. at a higher level. Their first week before they play us, they're on the road at TCU. Yeah, that's not going to be Jimmy. <laughs> Yeah, that's, they just played the national championship game, and right. and so you know th- that's the thing that that gives me a lot of confidence with with uh, Coach Rule and everything. It's just the professionalism that they they come in with just so much. There's so much more experience at the very top level of it of what him as the head coach and then the two coordinators that are coming in. Those are guys that have all been doing this at a very high level. Yes, 
at, at, at the power five level. And some of the assistants are green and a little bit young under the years, but you know, that's exactly also what he said he wanted. Exactly. When he took over, so I'll yeah, give him, I don't I'll let him do understand it. why people were surprised by that. Cause he's also very much as much as he loves developing players. He also develops coaches. Like that's, mm -hmm. he, he warned us. Like we, I don't know why people always act so surprised when he hires some of the young people that he's hired. Also, mm -hmm. I'm sure he knows what he's doing by now. He's kind of done this a couple times. You, you know, what's interesting to me is, is the one thing that Nebraska really has never had dating all the way back to Devaney. You have to go all the way back to Bob Devaney. We haven't really had a coaching tree. No. And great coaches tend to have coaching trees. Well, Osborne really didn't have much of a coaching tree, not because he didn't have great coaches. His coaches didn't, never, never wanted to lead. Yeah. I mean, Milt Teneper could have gone on and been 100%. a head coach. And, you know, Charlie McBride could have left. Solich never did leave, stuck around, got fired probably unfairly, and then goes on to coach for 15 years at Ohio. And now they have a field named after him. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you know, so, but you have to go back all the way to Devaney where Devaney had guys like Warren Powers and, and Jim Walden. And of course, Tom Osborne guys in Monty Kiffin guys that went on to be head coaches, right. longtime successful coaches. Um, but that's the potential. That's what we potentially have here with coach rule is, is, Someone who's already demonstrated that Joey McGuire, who he hired out of the Texas mm -hmm. high schools, is now the head coach at Texas Tech. He's had that experience of bringing guys on, raising them up. You know, Marcus right. was a was a, a, a low assistant when he brings him in. And now he's the now he's the yeah. coordinator and eventually will probably be a head coach. And so yeah. maybe we'll have that tree growing right out of Nebraska. Okay. That would be a change. It'd be great. I, I would I would be excited about that. I feel like because um, I we. I went down when they did the introductory. I see your shirt. I just noticed that the introductory <laughs> press conference for rule. I have that shirt in my closet. Um, and I, so I listened to the whole speech cause I was right there in the stadium. And then I've obviously listened to him talk since then. And I just feel like he just is a teacher. Like obviously he's a coach as well, but he's also a teacher. And I feel like that is a great position to, to build a coaching tree, but also for the players because they're going to get a different perspective where they're learning from somebody who is enabling his assistants to learn and grow as well. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how it all develops. And I'm excited to see how the teaching aspect of it plays off and the, and the growing new coaches and I don't want them to leave too soon. Cause then it gets, makes me nervous. I have, I have coaching change anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As long as we don't have a, a mass exodus. Of yes. them. And that's, that's a big thing. You know, some, movement is healthy there, especially when they're moving on and, and moving up. You don't want to see someone right. leave for a lateral position somewhere else. I, I, that doesn't ever do it for me, but uh, you know, Tony white is well known right now, our new defensive coordinator. He's, he's an up and comer and oh, yeah. we may only have him for a couple of years if that's what, and he moves on and becomes a head coach. But if he moves on because he did so well here exactly, and, and he's getting that promotion, I mean, that's what 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 we want to be done with is the coaches that are here for one or two years. It's not working out for some, whatever yep. the reason. So now, Hey, we need to move on from them, bring someone else in who's going to be better. You know, we just have to get out of that rhythm. Yes. And, uh, and that's why I think it's especially important right now with what coach rule is doing this offseason, building the staff. He wants the way he wants it. I, he has my 100% support, not that he's asking cool. for it, but, but why would I sit there and argue with who he's brought in? You know, it shouldn't exactly. have been this guy. You should have brought in this this staffer, I don't know who the, who the hell to bring in, I but I think it's a good staff and uh, it's really exciting to see what they're doing right now. So let's talk maybe a little bit about spring ball. Sure. They're a week into practice. Today was their first day of physical uh, 
uh, wearing the pads. Uh, I'm a big guy. You know, take the green jerseys off. They they have some green jerseys on. They have gold jerseys on. We learned today they have gray. Yeah, we learned today they have gray jerseys. Two gray jerseys for guys that are playing uh, multiple positions, both sides oh. of the ball. So uh, AJ Rollins and there was one other guy that uh, they have. Um, a great jersey today and they were playing an offense in a defensive position and that's part of this transition is them uh you know guys might switch positions yeah. they, there's a lot of different things that you don't just have to kick a guy off the team if he doesn't play one spot for you, you can find ways to move them around exactly. so what are your kind of thoughts as you've been watching uh the the practice reports and reading the articles and listening to the podcast i mean what what gets you excited right now the players on the team oh man i'm always excited you know that <laughs> um i think that I know. I just feel very excited about, I feel like, did you see the other day where rule like stopped practice and gathered them all up to tell them to kick it into gear? Like, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not going to disparage any former coaches, but it was, it's just been really neat to see how hands-on he has been even in the, and obviously they show, they don't show everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that's a good sign. I think there seems to be a lot of excitement and a lot of players that maybe have disappeared over the last couple of years, be it through injury or unknown reasons, all of a sudden you're seeing them in the highlight reels and you're seeing them look like they're getting more, more reps in at practice. Um, I want to see the hype video from the pads practice though. I haven't seen that yet. Um, Mm -hmm. No, I'm just very excited. I think that it, it looks like it's all organized so much differently than what we are used to seeing in recent years. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm very encouraged by what we're seeing from the practice reports and the different names that we're hearing that aren't just necessarily new players, but just players that we haven't heard from mm-hmm. in years that we were excited when they showed up on campus and they kind of blended into the background or whatever. Um, I'm super excited that Benoni seems to be getting a lot of, a lot of reps and a lot of action and hopefully he can stay healthy for us. So I think he'll be a huge difference maker. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Jamil Martin, he was the second uh, gray shirt uh, in practice. Thank you, Rob, yes. for putting that up. Uh, yeah, the even just some of the things they talked about. Um, uh, I was reading the thing about the punt protection that Coach Foley wants to use, and he wants some athletic guys being in that that shield. And Fedoni was one of them. Yeah. Uh, Eric Gilbert, big, you know, big dudes, big tight ends, but they're athletic guys, guys that if you were ever going to run some fakes and do things with, you could actually do it with those guys. I've always, I've always been curious on punt plays when you have three offensive linemen in the backfield, it pretty much limits what you're going to do from a, from any kind of fake. You're not going to do much. (laughs) Yeah. You're you're not going to run the ball with the, you know, guys. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see that. But uh, just in general, I mean, I think Rule, he just he seems to be hitting all the right things with what he says. Right. Uh, he was talking about, um, oh, shoot, I'm going to I'm going to forget it here. It was something about with, um, oh, with the, the hype videos that he said today that a hype video, we're not just going to you're not going to see videos from Nebraska where we're talking. We're right. Some big uh, sloganeering, I think, is what we've said before. <laughs> we're not going to be sloganeering. We're going to be showing video and now it's still going to be hype, but it's going to be be video of us working. So you're going to see work happening out there and it's guys making catches, making tackles. We are tackling in practice, making tackles, you know, and, uh, and playing real football. And that's what I want to see in a couple of weeks when we get to the spring game is seeing real football on the field 
Yeah, uh, and the after fans deserve that. in the real game, right? Like yeah, that, Trev has made that you know a, a priority uh, that he said that he wanted that to see some real football, and I know Coach Rule wanted to, and those two are are on the same page. Yeah, maybe something I'll ask before we head out is: Did you watch the video of? Trev with Coach Rule and Coach Osborne. Have you had a chance to I see I haven't that? had a chance to watch it. It's on my, like, I have a list of things I want to watch, and it's, that's right at the top of there. I need to carve out some time to – I've heard it's great. It is well worth your time. And I, I'm saying this to all the Redcasters and fan formers out there listening to, is that it is definitely worth your time if you haven't seen it yet. Um, Trev is in his element 100%. He, it, It's almost like he used to work for ESPN the way <laughs> – I mean, he's just so – Cool and calm leading this this round table right in the middle and Coach Osborne's on his left and, and Coach Rules on his right and Coach Rules is such a great speaker. I mean, I can't think of it. Really, we haven't had a head coach that speaks like him in my lifetime. I mean, nothing against Coach Osborne either, but Coach no. Rule, is a, he is a accomplished speaker and can get you running through a wall. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, it is. It is a – it's so much so that it is totally fair. If somebody really wanted to – to say like, you know, are we just buying the hype? Is this real? Is this, yeah. is he just selling? Is he a, such a good car salesman? He's just selling it to us. That's all fair. That's yeah. fair. We have to wait till the season to see the results, but I'll tell you what, man, I'm, I'm hook, line, and sneaker with what he's saying. I was just watching some stuff with, with Damon Benning. He was on no block, no rock yesterday, yesterday saying that. And, but I've also seen him on other shows saying this is real. I mean, yeah. to him, to him, he's buying, you know, hook, line, and sinker into it too. That's awesome. I'm glad that we're not the only crazy ones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and it's okay as a fan, this is the fan oh, yeah. form. It's okay as a fan to, to have those high expectations, to buy in, to not just sit there and go, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let myself get hurt again. Right. Ah, you know what? I, I'll let myself get hurt every single time because part of the, the fun of being the fan is, is, is paying attention, watching it during an off season, trying to see yeah. the growth, see, to try to predict and try to to look ahead and say if this if this guy works out or if this thing works out, man, that we're one right. or two things away. Like if you don't have any of that hope, if you just go into a season just saying, "Oh, we're going to be a dud," I mean, that's good. I, Not even watch. That would suck. Yeah, that's why I got a lot of grief on Twitter for being um, supportive of Scott Frost until the bitter end. Um, that's always been my mo with every coach. Um, I'm a fan. It's I can. I can be skeptical, but me raging against a coach or me going on Twitter to say that I want him gone isn't mm. going to change anything at the end of the day as a fan. I, I feel like for me, my job is to cheer. Like I'm there to be a fanatic. I'm there to cheer on the team. I will do that until the bitter end for every head coach. I always have done that. Um, even that game in 2017, like we were talking about, when you could tell that the team was gone, Mm -hmm. I still went to every game after that. I didn't ever say anything bad about the coach until once they're gone, they're gone to me. Mm -hmm. But when they're, when they're sitting in that office, when they still have that big, that big red end behind them in their office, they're still the coach of my team and I'm always going to go down with them. So, and I, so I try to, I'm, I tried really hard not to buy into that so quickly with Matt rule, but I took my son down to the, first press conference and we sat there and watched him and it felt like we were at church. Like he mm. made it so, and it didn't, there are a lot of coaches that sound like used car salesmen when they're giving long speeches like that. And they're just telling you what you want to hear, but it didn't feel like that with him. It felt very genuine. 
And I, mm-hmm. I feel like he's somebody who not only believes what he says, but knows that he can deliver what he says. And he's proven that at other schools. And people always talk about his NFL record. A, a lot of coaches don't do well transitioning between the two. Either way, there's coaches that are more suited for one or the other, and that's fine. But where he's shown his success is where we are. We're not an NFL team. So I'm not worried if he had a bad NFL record. He's shown that he can build teams. So I'm I'm fully, fully hyped up. I'm I'm ready to be hurt again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I, I think that's a, that's a, a great statement there is that it's okay to get yourself up for this again. Um, and when we get back there, I, I've never put ceilings on this program. And I also, I always have believed throughout the lowest of lows, I've always believed that we can get there again. When someone oh, yeah. sits there and says, yeah, especially when they, we talked earlier about like the misconceptions of the tired old sayings. When someone tells me that Nebraska can't get back because we don't have population or, or, you know, we, we're not located next to, you know, the, the beaches and all the right. mountains. I'm like, Oh my gosh, really? Like th- that's really the argument. Cause I've heard that forever and ever. And yeah. well, we were the winningest program like, for four decades with all those same things if, against us. Just do things right. If you do it right, we'll probably win some games. Yeah. If you're a college athlete who wants to play college sports, do you want to go to the school where you're not going to be the big show in town? Or do you want to go to this, this school where you're the only show in the state during football season, where you're getting, especially now in the NIL era, like all of the husk, all of the Nebraska money and all of the Nebraska fan monies are pouring into Nebraska athletics. We mm-hmm. don't have beaches to spend our money on. Like, why would you, as an athlete, why would you, why would that be an appeal to you that there's nothing else to do to Nebraska or do in Nebraska? Like that's, mm-hmm. I don't see how that's a downside. Mm-hmm. Like how is and- it? bad that we're nebraska is the only show in town how is that a doubt how is that a bad thing mm. and, and you it's know, not what, been a problem in the past either like you said well one of the things i like that coach rule has done growing up in columbus which i love columbus by the way but growing up in columbus when i'd go to omaha or lincoln that was cool because it was yeah. you're going to the big city and i always have liked both of those cities by the way and lincoln i think lincoln's a great town i think oh, the yeah. improvements that have happened in lincoln in the last 25 years since i've uh, yeah. went to school there the whole Haymarket area and everything. It's a really cool, big college town. It's 300 plus yeah. thousand people now. And coach rule comes into it with these fresh eyes where he's like, I, th- I thought the same thing that I think these players did when I first came here. I, I assumed that it was going to be this tiny little town and, right. and it wasn't. And he's selling the town when he goes yeah. around, you know, Haymarket and just takes photos of a, you know, a Laszlo sign yeah. or something. He's selling the town and saying, this is a cool place to live. And so if you're that player, Everything you just said, you want to come here. You're not in the middle of a cornfield. There's right. you're in a city. You're going to play in a big time football facility, the best facilities in the country. You're going to oh, have yeah. the best fans. They're going to show up whether you win or lose. They're going to show up on the road when whether you're winning mm-hmm. or losing. And everything you just said about the NIL too. I mean, this is an unbelievable opportunity for Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, we could be at the on the precipice of very, very good things. And I think Coach Rule um had enough time to see that when he was going through the yeah. coaching search. And he understands what the what the op- opportunities are here. I don't know. I'm I'm willing to get hurt again because this 100%. is uh, <laughs> this is good. Well, uh, this has been a great chat. I'm getting to the parting shots here, and we always allow our our guests to to uh, you know take us out. But I mean, before we do, I, I don't want to rush you either. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to chat about with the with the football team here? 
think so. I'm I'm ready for football season to start. I feel like it can't come. Sorry, my kids are being so loud right now. Oh, um, I, know. I know kids and podcasts. It's you know, it's just it's a tough thing, right? Um, I I'm just excited to get started. I I mean, unfortunately, I can't go to the spring game because my son has a double header that day. Mm-hmm. But I will 100 percent be recording it to watch later. I'm just ready. I love summer, but I'm so ready for fall. I'm ready to hang out at the Memorial Stadium with all of my 90,000 of my best friends and wear red and be crazy again. I'm I'm just ready. I'm I'm excited to see what happens next year. I feel like I feel this every year, but I feel like it's going to be a great year. I'm very excited for. It. I feel like defeating Iowa at the end of last season already started some momentum swinging and then getting the new staff in, the, the recruiting they've done is amazing. So, I'm ready. <laughs> Uh, will you be, so you won't be going to Memorial stadium for the uh, spring game. Will you be going to it for the volleyball game the night before the Minnesota road game? I'm hoping so Adam and I had, we had already been planning to go to the Minnesota game. We're kind of altering our plans and we're hoping to go to Memorial stadium for volleyball day and then hit the road to Minneapolis right after that. Um, mm-hmm. Make it a full Husker weekend just with a little driving in the middle of it. So I think well, that's going to be a great opportunity for the state for, oh. for girls sports in the state of Nebraska, honestly. Oh my God. That's a whole nother show that we can yes. honestly do. I mean, we were tweeting today about how, you know, the, the basketball numbers for, for the women's tournament are up because it's on ESPN yeah. and maybe even ABC. It's like, Oh wow. You, you put the games on TV. People that people can get. Yeah. People will, will watch if they don't have to yeah. stream it from the, you know, ESPN nine or whatever they, they put them on a lot of times. So no, I think that's great. And um, Adam and you, when you guys go down there to um, uh, Minnesota, Keep in touch with us. We're all going to be down there. Like the entire red cast is going down. Robin, we're going to be hanging out the day before the reason we can't go to the, uh, to the volleyball thing is because we are already going to be down there as of Tuesday, the games on Thursday night, the volleyball games, Wednesday night, we're heading down Tuesday. We're staying with Vegas, Jer down there. Awesome. Uh, He's uh, we've got some golf. We've got a lot of good, you know, fun things happening there, but uh, uh, yeah, we definitely were planning to be at the Minnesota game and then we're going to be at the Colorado game too. So And the goal I don't know is I'm brave enough to go to Boulder. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were there in 2019, and yeah. uh, it was it, it didn't take a lot of bravery to be there in the first half. It took right. a lot of bravery to walk out of there. After yeah, my loss. my brother and his best friend went, and they said it was pretty pretty brutal leaving. <laughs> yeah. the The very end was uh was was tough, but um, you know, hopefully uh, we'll have some better uh, better endings okay. here this we're, year. So we do. <laughs> well, Sarah, take us out of here. What's your, right, what's your final parting shot? I'm just going to be very profound. This is going to be something that a lot of people seem to not know, but the word knowledge starts with a K, not an N. Go big red. Go big red. And with that, we'll take us out. So uh, thank you so much, Sarah. Again, you can find Sarah at E-L-I-A-S-H-10. So what is Eliash? Does that mean anything? It's a couple. It's the first three letters of my middle name and my maiden name. Oh, okay. So All right. I've had that for since AOL was a thing. So. Okay. Oh, very good. I don't well, know can... how to say it. It's not really a word. Yeah. I've been calling it Elias. So you can find her at Elias10 on Twitter. Thank you so much, Sarah. Really appreciate it. And just remember, uh, Redcasters out there, you two could be the next one to join us on the forum.
Heard at Sports Network production.